0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I am Alyssa Gray, and today we'll be studying Erevin Daf Chavav, Erevin, page 26. Toward the end of 25B and continuing on to 26A, the Gemara presents the story of the Exilarchs of Varnica and the legal controversy it generated. Before going any further, we have to ask, what is an Exilarch and what is an Avarnica? The Exilarch, called the Reish Galuta, or head of the exile in Aramaic, was a head of the Jewish community in Talmudic Babylonia. Talmudic Babylonia was within the empire known as Sasanian Iran, after the Sasanian dynasty that ruled there prior to the Islamic conquest of Persia in the 7th century. The Exilarch, it is a position that continued to function even into the post-Talmudic Gaonic period. As to varnica, Rashi offers two interpretations. The first is that it is a tree that gives off a large amount of shade. Princes, say Rashi, relax there in the hot time of the year. Rashi indicates, however, that he strongly prefers his second interpretation, which he says he found in a legal text, a responsum of the Babylonian Geonim. According to the second interpretation, the Avarnica is a sort of Roman excedra, a semicircular recessed area, perhaps supported by columns which contain seats, or alternatively, a cube-shaped building, a kuba, says Rashi, that includes seats. So with all the vocabulary taken care of, we can return to the story at the bottom of 25b. The exilarch had an avarnika in his orchard, his bustan. The orchard we must realize was larger than two beit sa'as and had not been hukaf ledira. It had not been enclosed for residential purposes. The exilarch asked Rav Hunabar to make some arrangement so that he and others could eat in the avarnika on Shabbat and carry food and other necessities of the meal from the house to the avarnika via the orchard. Now we'll interpret Rav Huna actions in light of Rashi's second understanding of what an Avarnika is. Rav Huna Bar-Khinina set up two fences of reeds facing each other, one on each side of the orchard. This created a reed-lined path through the orchard leading directly from the Exilarch's house to the Avarnika. The reeds, moreover, were placed less than three Tvachim from each other. So far, so good. But then the scholar Rava went and pulled up all the reeds, pulled them out of the ground. Moreover, Rav Papa and Rav Huna Breda Rav Yehoshua went after Rava and collected the reeds so that presumably Rav Huna Bar couldn't then simply go and put them back into the ground. Now, why did Rava do this? Clearly, he thought Rav Huna Bar had done the wrong thing, but what was wrong with it? Given that the Exilarch wanted to be able to eat in the avarnica on Shabbat, Rubba must have thought that he was already able to do so, and that Rav Huna Bar reed fences were unnecessary. Rubba may have held that the presence of the avarnica in the orchard rendered the orchard hukafla dira or enclosed, for residential purposes. Thus, the Exilarch and his retinue should already have been permitted to eat there on Shabbat. This makes sense and is also the view of the 14th century commentator, the Meiri. At this point in the Gemara, three scholars, Ravina, as well as the aforementioned Rav Papa and Rav Huna Breda Rav Yehoshua, quote texts to Rava to test and challenge what he did. Commentators differ as to whether Ravina the first, is trying to support or challenge Rava. The result of the three texts is that Rava did the wrong thing. The orchard could not properly be considered as a place that was enclosed for residential purposes because of the presence of the varnica, and thus it was actually Ravhuna Barchenina who had done the right thing by setting up his two fences of reeds to create the line path. In effect, Ravina, Ravpapa, and Ravhuna Breja Rav Yehoshua tear down Rava's view, the very same way he had torn down Ravhuna Barchenina's reed fences. The Gemara now introduces a fascinating note by presenting the Exilarch's reaction to all this. The Exilarch is said to have recited Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 22 about the Rabbis. Chachamim heim lo yada'u They are sages or wise in doing evil but to do good that they don't know. What does the Exilarch mean? Well let's summarize how matters stand at the end of the passage. When the smoke clears, Rav Huna and his reed fences have been torn down by Rava. Rava has been proven wrong, and so the Exilarch was forbidden to eat on Shabbat in his Avarnica without those reed fences. The Exilarch had started off consulting the rabbis in order to do right by the rabbinic law of Shabbat, and he ended up no better off for having consulted them. Through this story, including, of course, the rabbinic argumentation it contains, the Bavli is taking a deeply ironic posture toward the halachot of enclosing an area larger than two Beit Sa'as for residential purposes. The Bavli is also indicating that to Jews who are not part of the rabbinic enterprise, the exilarch in this case, rabbinic argumentation and law may seem perplexing and perhaps even of questionable benefit. With this story in mind, it pays to recall the Agadah, the non-legal material we studied back on Daf Chaf Aleph, page 21. There we saw that the rabbis were anxious about their authority to create laws such as the Erebin laws, and that they sought ways to buttress that authority. Moreover, we saw that the rabbis praised the people Israel for legislating additional fences around the Torah for itself, these fences being expressions of love for God as these fences would ensure proper observance of the Torah vexing situations like this one with the Exilarch, and equally or more vexing reactions like the Exilarch's reaction, may certainly have heightened the rabbi's anxieties about these laws and strengthened their resolve to interpret and frame them in a metalegal sense as expressions of their love of God and of God's Torah. Until tomorrow.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daff Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.